0: Money is a skill that can be learned, relationships are a skill that can be learned, and wealthy people are just people.
1: Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives disrupt industries and become incredible leaders themselves so if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business i invite you to join the tribe of leaders facebook group the link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us and of course the group is free to join Amanda. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. Super excited to have you here. I can hardly wait to hear more about your backstory because I was reading your bio, doing a little bit of research on you, and you have had the most incredible journey and you help people, entrepreneurs specifically, get unstuck and move through all their roadblocks and habits and mindset issues, etc. cetera. As the no fucking around coach which is near and dear to my heart. So welcome and share with everybody a little bit about who you are. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, no
0: fucking around coaching. I first I'll start with the name where that came from when I was a kid, I used to swim and then I wanted to do Full time, or I was doing volleyball and I wanted to swim full time. But there was an adult rec league, and my dad was the adult. I said, Dad, if you're the adult, I can get all my friends together and we'll have a really kick ass team. He's like, Let's do it. So I got this team together, and at the team meeting, everyone said, What should our team name be? And I said, No fucking around. But we couldn't swear, so we called it Team NFA. And so all of the adults in the league thought it meant no fucking adults, which was really fun. You know,
1: it was great.
0: We ended up winning, of course. And then every team that I was on after that, I would call team NFA. And, you know, I did a lot of sports growing up. So I'd be like, "Ooh, let's name us team NFA. And then I was coaching one day and my client that I had said, you're really like my tough love dad, but you also really care. And I said, well, I'm not fucking around. Your transformation really matters to me. And he was like, yeah. And then I said it at a chamber of commerce meeting. You know, I just kind of shared the story. And people were like, that's good. And then I decided, "Ooh, I'm going to put it on my Instagram bio. And then I, this woman contacted me and she's like, I like your bio. Do you want to be on my podcast? And I thought I need to rebrand. So then I switched my whole company name to NFA Coaching. It's
1: been that's a awesome. fun go. And I like it because it's, I mean, I, as we were talking before we started recording, right? Like I'm very, you know, like no bullshit. Like my people know that you're going to get straight up. Like this is what you need to hear. Even if you don't like it. I have a great appreciation for that because I don't want somebody, if I'm hiring a coach, like I don't want to let them or them, let me hide or make excuses or whatever. So those are the people you clearly want to work with. Totally want to make the change. And like, that's like instant client attraction right there. Totally. I had a little fear around it. You know, at first I'm like, really, am I going to
0: have the F bomb in my company name? And I've gotten what I figure is that most of the people who don't align with it, I just go, awesome. Great clarification of who I do and don't want to work with. And if that doesn't work for you, you're not going to work well with me anyway. So I just, you know, you just brush it off and go, awesome. Thanks for letting me know it bothers you. See you later a
1: bazillion other people who will with totally. you, you or can yeah. help
0: you. how did you get started in coaching? It started with my own personal downfall. So I was in grad school and I ended up leaving my 15 year marriage, having an affair. And then my next relationship wasn't working out, which wasn't a big surprise, but I was laying on the floor one day crying when my partner had moved out. So here I am going like, Oh wow, I've better move. I have three kids. My ex-husband, left me this email that said he wanted to set new boundaries where we really disconnected because he was stepping into a new relationship. And I was just crying and going like, wow, I am really a mess in relationships. And I had this epiphany moment where I was like, I got to change. This is me, like, I'm the center of these problems. And so in that moment, I really thought I, I had this like thought pop into my head. I don't know that it was as articulate as I make it now. But it was this idea of like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Because I'm so tired of this. I mean, here I was like, not only were my relationships a mess, now my ex-husband lost his job, so no child support. I'm in grad school with three kids and I'm like, don't know where I'm gonna live. I'm facing homelessness. And in Boulder, Colorado, the average cost of living is really, really high. So I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I go on food stamps, and things were just pretty survival mode, and I had a lot of victim-minded thinking. And I started listening to podcasts and That is why I absolutely love podcasts because I think of it as free information on the go. Anyone can access it. It's like you can learn a PhD level of information. If you just listen long enough to a wide variety of topics, it's like, there's so much good stuff there. So, right. That's why I do my podcast. And I just like, Oh, I love sharing information. I love getting to learn from people like you and have these great connections and then share that knowledge with other people. So I started learning a lot and it led me to a workshop And at the workshop I realized another level of my growth, which was that I had never really thought about why I was poor. And I never really thought that I was capable of not being poor. I always thought, you know, it's kind of just something magical that happens to certain people. And I really held wealthy people on a pedestal. And I thought like, their life was just amazing and wonderful. And, you know, they had no problems kind of type of thing. (laughs) And in that course, I really started to learn like, oh, money is a skill that can be learned. Relationships are a skill that can be learned. And wealthy people are just people. And it really changed my reality. And then I decided, whoa, I could be a coach. Like sky's the limit with income, sky's the limit with impact, very different than I thought I was going to be a professor, which is a really high stress job and not that great of pay and not that many opportunities as I thought when I went into it. And so I just decided to take the leap and I finished out my grad school career and which was amazing. I did life history interviews with incarcerated men. And so okay. I, I learned about their stories of trauma and transformation. And it was great research, but I really, my heart just started going like, I was born to be a coach. The more that I learned from coaches and the more that I, every podcast I listened to would end up being from a coach. So I was like, wow, this is a really cool field where there's a lot of freedom to do what you want to do and help people transform and make whatever amount of money you want to make. So I was like, I'm in. So then I, I jumped in and my first full time year, I broke the six figure mark. So, you know, people know me well for going from food stamps to six figures in under three years. And I really just implemented everything I was learning. And now I love helping teach people the mindset around transformation and really around those unconscious blocks that are stopping people from getting where they want to go. Right. And I guess
1: that leads right into my next question perfectly is, what is it that keeps entrepreneurs stuck? I have to say, the more and more that I do this work, the more that I realize
0: we are our worst enemies and that we all struggle with very similar things. You know, I've had a lot of people ask me, what's the one common theme you see across everyone you work with? Because I've worked with prisoners all the way to multi-multi multimillionaires. Same problems. A lot of it has to do with negative self comparison, fear, doubt, inner critic, beat up, imposter syndrome, those things where we go like, I really want to express myself fully and step into this awesome zone of genius version of myself. But there's all of these subconscious blockers holding us back. And until we start to raise our awareness of it, it's hard to shift. So really, I think the thing that keeps people stuck the most is their, uh, their unconsciousness about their own mm-hmm. mind holding them back.
1: Now, I would agree. And I think like all of that stuff, those limiting beliefs and things that we are telling ourselves that aren't true, like we're making decisions based on that information and that reality that we're creating for ourselves. Yeah, And it's so cool when you start unlocking that for somebody like instantaneously, And
0: how fast it is that you can actually shift out of something that's been maybe a 45-year pattern
1: (laughs) it's amazing. It's just me having the awareness or the the starting point, having the awareness of it. And what do you see with entrepreneurs, you know, as you're working with them and from a leadership perspective, like what is it that happens for them, particularly in the money lines? I know a lot of people who like they don't want to ask for the sale. Yeah. Or they don't want to charge enough.
0: Yes. Oh, those are big ones. I you know, I, I love that you asked this because to me, I love selling because I don't think of it as selling. I think of it as just sharing and caring. And you know, right. I just go selling is sharing, selling is caring. If if someone hadn't put themselves out there to promote themselves, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, if those coaches had decided like they were too afraid to talk about what they had to offer, I wouldn't be where I am today. And they have changed my life. So I look at it as, you know, we're all offering something that is of value. And when you shift your mindset to going, okay, how can I see the dollar as service, as exchange of value, as exchange of value of my entire life of what I've learned and experienced and gained. And I'm bringing that to you and you're exchanging a win-win equivalent exchange money exchange, Right. right? Yeah. I love to have people, you know, for everyone listening, if you get stuck in that undercharging, go through a decade by decade list of your life and put a monetary value next to every single thing you've ever learned, done, been paid for. And it'll add up to the millions. And you'll be like, oh, wow, I am worth what I charge. Most people undercharge. And and they don't feel like they can confidently step into that exchange and go, like, you know, I'm worth $1,000 an hour or whatever the number is for you
1: right? I think that's such a great piece of advice, because we don't look at everything we've done or been through or experienced or the education that we have. Yeah, we focus on things that we don't have.
0: Exactly. So they focus on the lack, like, oh, I'm not good enough here. I don't have the credential here. Instead of going, here's all the skills that I do bring to the table. Some of the wealthiest people in the world have no credentials. You know, some of yeah. the most powerful entrepreneurs came from dropped out of high school. You know, so it's not about credentials. And I know it's funny seeing that as a doctor, but I didn't get my doctorate because I wanted to do coaching. I was in the middle of my doctorate and decided to be a coach and it made sense to finish. But I would not pursue a credential just for the sake of having the credential. I would pursue a credential because I love learning. You know, so for me, I go like, oh, I'll get a million credentials in my life because I love learning and I love having all those tools for the people I work with accessible to me. But it's not about because I'm not good enough and I need to prove myself. And yeah. so if you're stuck in that place, let that go. You know, for me, I'm a mom. I go, oh, as a mom, I've been a nurse, a taxi driver, you know, like a networker, a birthday party planner, an event, you know,
1: like you could go on and on and on well, and all are those things. Just, like stuff that you manage in daily life. Like, absolutely. There's all the planning stuff of what do you want your life to look like? and going on vacation and making that happen or, you know, anything. Yeah. So what are some mindset tricks that would help leaders unlock, you know, some of the stuff that might be keeping them back?
0: Yeah. I I think one really powerful place to start For people is to be willing to take a stance of curiosity about yourself. So your number one goal in life, if you want to take it to any level you want, I like to call it a magic wand life where you're like, I have a magic wand to create whatever I want. It takes you knowing yourself like powerfully, deeply knowing yourself, understanding what is it that makes me get up in the morning inspired? What is it that scares me? What are my blocks? What are my fears? What are my doubts? What do I thrive doing at doing? Like really start to foster and cultivate a super deep connection with yourself. And I know this sounds kind of funny and, you know, like I like the word woo woo, but the truth is that until you master yourself, it's hard to create what you want in your life because you're almost always going to get stuck in some sort of self-sabotage place. So you know you'll be going, 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 and you'll you'll start to build to a level that you're like, yeah, 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 I'm doing it. And then all of a sudden you'll get tripped up on your comfort zone inner critic. I call it the inner critic leash. And it's like you hit this (laughs) ceiling. And, and it just stops you. And then you self-sabotage and you go back to this place and you start all over again. And then you, it's really hard to break through. And the reason is because you have what I call competing commitments. So competing commitments are when you say you want one thing, but you're getting another. That's an indicator that you have a competing commitment. So you mm-hmm. want to start to examine what am I unconsciously committed to and shift to what do I consciously commit to? Because we're always getting what we're committed to unconsciously or consciously, and your conscious system is 95% of you. So if you unconsciously say, let's say you say, I want to be a, a seven figure entrepreneur. Okay. Awesome. Why aren't you there yet? Well, because 95% of you doesn't believe it's possible. Doesn't think you're good enough. Doesn't think you deserve it. Think well, thinks wealthy people are greedy jerks. That's going to stop you from getting there. So it's your job to make the unconscious conscious. One of my all-time favorite quotes is by Carl Jung, and he says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will run your life and you will call it fate. And so it's your job to understand all of you, not just the parts that you say are true.
1: I think that's so profound because we're not paying attention to what we're doing on a regular basis. Like we just allow life to kind of be on autopilot. Yes. We're not getting the results. And it's all that unconscious stuff driving that. Yes. So, How does somebody start being aware of like what their unconscious habits are and yeah. getting out of the box that like, this
0: is my world. Great question. A really simple strategy is to start journaling and start noticing. So I know people talk about journaling a lot. But the reason I think journaling is so powerful is because it helps you see yourself more clearly. So you start to notice your patterns and, it, and do it an in intentional journal, you know, where you go like, what's working in my life, what's not, what needs to shift, start tracking things, you know, let's do a tracking sheet for a month, And you say for a month, oh, I'm going to make these calls to, you know, like say it's a cold calls to market your business somehow. And for a month you say you're going to do them and you don't do them. That gives you some clarity to go, oh, I've got a stuck point. I've got some unconscious thing. Now what do I do to start digging? What could be the root of this? You know, so you always want to be asking yourself if you're not getting what you say you want, what could be the root of this? So start journaling. Meditating Mm -hmm. is very transformational. Same thing because it helps you get really, Present in the moment and not reactive. So you get to respond to things with that place of responsibility instead of react to things and constantly be putting out storms or fires or emergencies. So journaling, meditating. I, I mean, I'm a coach, so obviously I'm biased, but I think every single person should have a coach. And if you can't pay for a one-on-one coaching, get into group coaching, start listening to podcasts, like the tribe of leaders, like Max Potential Habits is my podcast. Ones that are going to help you up level. I think that mindset training is probably the number one thing that every single person needs to be doing if they want to master their life. Is that practical enough
1: tips? Yeah, I agree because the journaling it allows you to to. Self-reflect and ask different and better questions. Why isn't this working? And that's not the question to ask. Yeah. What do I need to do differently, or any hosted like number of other questions, to actually open up your mind and unlock to what is holding you back?
0: Yeah. So- Okay, I've got to add something there because I love that you just said that. And it's so true. We, I think we can get really stuck in overanalyzing why we're doing something instead of just going, I'm going to decide to make a different decision in yeah. a new direction. And yeah. just do that for a few days. And then you start to build your confidence and go, oh, I can shift that easily. I can just make a new decision yeah. in a new direction.
1: <laughs> yeah, and look at like when you choose not to do it. Yeah. Like, oh, I did it five days in a row. And then on day six, I didn't, but I went right back to it on seven or I never went back to it. Like, look at that. And, like, yeah. Yeah the triggers were. I mean, I love to share like part of my backstory was in a similar moment to you where I was um, in the middle of my divorce and like everything was just a mess. Like I was a mess. My kids were a mess. I had just left, had opened a a cafe for a catering company and I was working like 80 hours a week. And I left because I couldn't do that and manage my kids. And I was sitting in this chair, you know, one night while the kids were watching Sesame Street and I was like, I realized I was waiting for Prince Charming to come save me, except <laughs> that i had like all these sinus infections. And I was like, oh, well, if he showed up, I was like busy blowing my nose. And I was like, oh, I need to do something different. And I didn't have the answer right in that moment. I just knew that I had to start making different choices, but it was yeah. that quick. And that's what, I mean, I really hope everybody who's listening like gets, like really take that in for a minute and listen to everything that Amanda's saying and If you don't like what you're doing, it's time to do something differently.
0: Yes. I mean, I, it's, I love that you said this because I, when I did my dissertation research, I was so intrigued by understanding what is the moment when people shift, you know, and what makes you shift and really the common theme. And just like you're saying for me and you, it was this moment of like, I'm tired of being stuck and I'm ready to do something different. So it's being ready, you know, it's being ready. You don't have to have all the answers at that moment, but you just have to choose to be ready to shift in a new direction. And that decision is very powerful.
1: Yeah. And I didn't recognize, like, I knew I made the decision and I knew that I stumbled my way through the next couple of years, but it really wasn't until a couple of years ago, because I got divorced like 13, 14 years ago. It, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I realized like that was my pinpoint moment. Yeah. People asked me, and I'm like, I don't know. It's been this like really strange journey of, you know, the last 20 years. Yeah,
0: that's fun. But I mean, and what cool self reflective awareness too to go back and pinpoint the moment and go, Oh, that's when things really changed for me. Because I think you're right. A lot of people don't recognize when that moment is or what it was that caused yeah. them to go there. And when you do, you go, Oh, that's what caused it. So now I can just do that again. You know, like when I'm at a crossroads again, I can go, Oh, okay. I don't like the outcome I'm getting. I'm committed to changing. And and the declaration of saying you're committed to shifting in a new direction is incredibly powerful. So it doesn't sound like you did that consciously in the moment, but when you do consciously do that, because now you know that, it's like, I mean, you can make some really powerful stuff happen when you declare out loud, like, I'm committed to this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the things that you see people experience once they make that declaration? Oh, it's so
0: fun to get to work with people because I think that that often there's a lack of recognition about how powerful it is to just even choose that, like to say, I'm going to move in a different direction, which means I'm going to hire a coach, which means I'm going to read this book specifically about the thing I'm struggling with with, which means I'm going to start listening to this podcast and binge listen to it because it's got so many great tips, right? Yeah, there's such a powerful because of it. it, it, And when we think about neurobiology, it has to do with the RAS, the reticular Mm -hmm. activating system, because it helps you start to track in that direction. So it's like, I think of it as confirmation bias, where all of a sudden you shift from getting the things that you didn't want to get and you go, I'm ready to change. And you shift in a new direction. And then your brain literally and physiologically starts to scan your environment for new information, right, right? which means then you open up to new opportunities that you didn't even see were there before. And so I think that people, you know, when they're stepping into those, those shifts, it seems all of a sudden, like, you're like, how did I not see this before? Were these opportunities just, I I think a lot of people mistake, and they go, oh, these, these opportunities just weren't there before. But the truth is, you just weren't seeing them before. So you're actually, it's not, you know, the saying, like, it's what you you see, what you believe. It's not that it's you see see what you believe instead of you believe what you see. Right. So it's once you, once you sit there and go like, okay, this is possible. I know I can do it. And I'm going to just trust that I can have all these awesome opportunities open up to me and you make that decision. Then all of a sudden opportunities start opening up to you.
1: I love it. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and focus on, on kind of your story again. I'm curious what, like as you've grown and you've had all these experiences and you're helping amazing people you know, what's one of the characteristics that has helped you evolve in your business and be a better leader? That's a great question. <sighs> I would say perseverance. I would
0: say being willing to let go of all of the past BS that I was operating in my mind. Like I ha- I did have a lot of victim mindset, like blaming other people. It was like, I had an affair and I blamed it all on my husband. You know, it was like, it was all his fault. And it took me several years and then coaching to be like, oh, where's my responsibility there? How did I create that? You know, how am I a part of it? Not to say he doesn't have his responsibility too, but it wasn't all his responsibility, (laughs) obviously. So, but I didn't know that at the time. So it's like this idea of persevering through the hard times, building a business is like birthing a baby there's Mm -hmm. going to be some beautiful moments. And there's going to be some challenging moments that you feel tired, you feel like uncertain, you don't always have the answers, you don't know what you're doing, you are wearing 75 hats, and some of them are more comfortable than others. And so for me, it's that perseverance, which means persistence, through delay or difficulty, until you achieve the success. So for me, it's always been like, okay, this is the direction I'm going in. I don't know exactly when I'll get there, but I'll get there. And my success is inevitable because I'm willing to do what it takes. I'm willing to see the challenges on the way instead of in the way. I'm willing to get back up when things feel hard. I'm willing to reach out and meet new people and access those resources. So it's, it's really that it's commitment. And you know, to me, I look at commitment, perseverance and decision-making all is very similar in that realm of like, okay, that's the masterful toolkit that I want to have.
1: How does that allow you to really like consciously create whatever you envision for your future? I would say because it gives you a mindset of that
0: you're going to continue on even when the going gets tough. And for me, it's almost like when you have that mindset, the going doesn't feel that tough. Like you just go like, you just pivot fast, you know, you go, Oh, okay. Well, there's this whole new information coming in that I don't have control of. And I'm just going to shift because I know that I have my why and vision set in place. And that if I stay on course, I will get there at some point. And so it's just, it's this, it's that mindset around it that it creates. So if if you're kind of halfway doing something, not being NFA, right? You're not going to get there. You might get there. You just won't get there as fast and you might never get there. So for me, it's always about the commitment and really having that, I call it the NFA attitude where it's like, I'm a hundred percent responsible for my reality. If I don't yeah. like what I'm getting on the outside, I need to look within and I'm going to pivot as fast as I can to keep moving in the direction of my dreams. Because, you know, it's like we get this one life. Why would I want to sit around and not fulfill my vision
1: yeah, And I think Like it's so easy to get comfortable and stay there, and and in the misery and stuckedness, and yeah, and settle instead of being NFA and like getting your ass out of it, yeah, doing the work so that you can actually feel amazing, yeah. Like what's on the other side, and most people don't choose that. I know. And it's, I get it I, as like a human
0: behavior person. I get it. But it's also like, right. oh, if you only knew how good it tastes on the other side, <laughs> you would <laughs> you would go through these tough moments of getting to that side because it's like, I, mean, I can't even tell you, I used to worry about money. All day, every day, like all day, every day. I mean, hundreds of times a day, it would come into my head. Now it's like, now I don't, even I don't worry about money. I think about like, Ooh, how fun is it going to be when I have millions coming in and I can like learn how new ways to invest and impact more people and do all these fun things. And so it's a total, it's just a totally different game when you learn how to be a master of yourself.
1: Absolutely. You have a cool offer to share with us too, for those people who are ready to become NFA. Nice.
0: Yeah. Um, right. So I have a lot of good stuff. I definitely check in. If you like podcasts, obviously you and I are of like mind. So, if, so if you're listening to tribe of leaders, my podcast is max potential habits, awesome stuff there too. That's free of course. And I have a free mini course that people can tap into. It talks about a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, like thinking about mindset, unconscious blocks, unconscious drivers, how to shift. Gives you several exercises. It's a four-video course that you can take in less than an hour, and it's free. It's if you go to ownyourinnerboss.com, you can mm-hmm. just enroll in that there. And then if you're like, oh, I want to skip straight to the thirty-day boot camp. That's it's called Inner Boss Boot Camp. So I have a really cool thirty-day program that I basically. Awesome took like all the tools that I've learned in the last several years of doing this work. And I packed them into a 30 day quick win, like mindset strategies for you to learn over 30 days.
1: I love it. I love it. Awesome. And we'll get the links hooked up on the show notes for anybody who's interested. And where can everybody connect with you?
0: All of my handles are NFA coaching. I'm most active on Instagram and LinkedIn. And my website's NFACoaching.com. So uh, easy ways to find me. If you just type in nfa coaching, you'll see all kinds of good stuff.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Thank like, you. It's been such a pleasure. And you've said so many just important things that we all need the reminder of over and over again, because this work isn't ever done. No. Like there's always layer upon layer. I remember when I first started started doing this work and I had had like all these epiphanies and breakthroughs and I released all this stuff and then something else would come up in the same area. And I would be so annoyed, like mad grumbling at my coach. I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> and she's very calmly. She's like, well, my dear, because she was, she's from Georgia. My dear, it never ends. <laughs> and you're like, dang it. <laughs> like, why not? And I love her. Like, one of the, yeah, like one of the most brilliant women. But I'm like, but I thought we handled this. She's like, well, you did. Yeah. But life here's another a, layer. Yeah. Life is onion. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, it's so funny. I have that so often too, where I'll go, Oh, I'll, I'll get tripped up and then I look at it and I'm like, I didn't think I needed to work on this anymore. What the heck? And then it, but it is, it's just a different part of you. It, and I think it, different things trigger different parts, even though if it's the same umbrella of yeah. stuff, you know, it's, it's fascinating work. I I mean, to me, it's the most, it's most people don't do it because it's really hard. And I don't want to put that out there. Like it's hard, like, oh, you can't do it. It's like, it's the most important work to face yourself. And most people don't want to do it because it's kind of scary to unravel yourself
1: and reinvent yourself. And be vulnerable enough to be on the floor and sobbing. Yeah, Absolutely. most people are like, ah, oh, I'll just stay in comfort zone and you know drink a whole bunch and hang out and
0: relax and that's easier. Yeah. yeah. I've had moments I had like kind of a, a some big, big ones come in and I was like, okay, can I take it back? I don't want to be a person who's evolving all the time anymore. Can I just stop learning okay. the lessons? <laughs>
1: I think we all have that too. It's part of the journey. Like,
0: yeah, oh,
1: It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go back.
0: <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And
1: then something else happens for me too, where I'm like, all right, like get your ass in gear. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Well, because you know that once you have those layers
0: unfold, you can't go back it, like you would never choose to, because it is true that on this other side, you're like conscious living and conscious awareness is, I I really do. It's like, I feel like I have a magic wand. I'm like, Oh, what do I want to create next? And let's see how fun it is to manifest this, you know? And then then you do it and you're like, wow, I'm like a wizard of my life. How cool is that? But you can't do
1: that unless you do that work to get there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like that. That should be the new tagline for something. Be the wizard of your life. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Super excited. It's been great to chat with you and, I'm just looking forward to staying in touch. Yes, me too. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.